and welcome back to another episode with me, Harriet Meller, on Sell Like You. And today is a solo episode, so we're going all in on why you're getting ghosted and what you should do about it. Now, getting ghosted is one of those things that comes with the territory when it comes to selling, but it doesn't need to happen as much as maybe you're experiencing right now. And we're gonna look at why you're getting ghosted because there's a couple of things that come in to why you're getting ghosted. And generally it comes in to a lack of information that you've gathered during the discovery phase and not determining the next steps when it comes to closing off that discovery call or discovery meeting or any form of meeting, you know, when it, when it comes to it. And so the reason why that's so important is that the discovery phase really builds out the process and builds out the information gathering stage that's going to help you through knowing whether the client's the right fit for you, whether you've got some thing, some form of product or service that could support them and whether they believe that you're the right fit for them. And that's going to take you through whether you include their demonstrations or whether it's straight into quoting or giving them an option on the call or in the meeting. We need to be able to use that information as we move through your sales funnel or taking your taking your customer on that customer journey. And the reason for that is that we want to uncover the information so that whatever comes up during the next few steps, whether that be objections or understanding what needs to come next or understanding why the decision hasn't yet been made, we're going to be gathering that information and using the information pulled apart from the discovery phase. And the second point I mentioned, which was about not determining your next steps following a discovery meeting or call or any meeting is because we want to confirm who's doing what, who's calling who after that meeting. And often what happens is we jump off that meeting and we then assume that they're going to call us or we assume that they're going to make a decision or we don't know whether they're making a decision this week or next week or who else is part of that decision making process. Whereas when we know that, we know when we have to follow up, whether they're going to call us, whether you're going to call them, whether there's information that still needs to be identified or determined at that stage, you will have a stronger next step when you've confirmed verbally or in writing as to who's doing what. And it makes it an easier next step because often, you know, my clients say to me that they feel pushy or salesy if they follow up and they haven't confirmed that they're going to follow up. And the reason for that is because we then don't want to disturb somebody or go in when we don't really have permission to do so next. And again, if we don't know what they're doing in the interim, when we call them in two or three days, is that enough time for them to make a decision? Or is that enough time for them to gather the information needed or bring somebody else into the meeting? And so the ghosting part comes from somebody not being sure on whether you are right for them or whether they are right for you. But also the fact that we haven't determined or committed to next steps means that they don't feel that they need to give you that time. When actually, if you've taken the time to share with them why you think you're a good fit or why you believe you can help them, then we really want that response in return. And so when we're looking at what can we do about this, so if you if this is you, if you're being ghosted, um, and the two areas we've talked about with regards to you know a really robust discovery session and also determining next steps, If you're not doing that, then that's the perfect place to start. But if you're not sure how do I ask better questions or, you know, understanding where you are going wrong in that discovery phase, I'm going to share that with you now. And so when we're talking about asking better questions, often what happens in a discovery opportunity is that we look at whether they are an inbound or an outbound opportunity first. And the biggest mistake I see is that 
people will take that inbound opportunity as a given. It's they've come to me, they obviously want what what it is that I've got to offer. So the discovery opportunity is never really done that well. And that's because it's more of what would you like? Awesome, great. I found out what it is that you want and now I'm going to quote or I'm going to move on to the next stage. And then when they disappear or they don't go ahead with something or they throw out an objection, we've got nowhere to go from that because all we know is they want X, Y, and Z and we need to deliver on X, Y, and Z. And we don't know anything else that goes around that of what happens if they don't, or is this part of a bigger project within the business and so on and so forth. And so when we're talking about asking better questions, firstly, just remember that an inbound lead should be treated the same as an outbound lead at your discovery phase. And when I just mentioned about asking better questions, it's about asking open questions. It's about probing the information that they've already given to you. It's about clarifying something that maybe you don't understand and asking those difficult questions up front. And the difficult questions tend to be, budget, timeframe, who else are you considering or what, or who else are you looking at for this opportunity? And when we ask those questions up front, we're able to understand more about where they're at. We understand who we're up against and we understand how this piece fits in a puzzle in their business. So you get to really understand everything before, after it and aside to it. And so when we ask that question about who else are you considering, we may be asking about the time frame or what happens if you don't go ahead, we get them to think about things that maybe they didn't even know were a factor yet. And again, that's really important because we're going further than maybe anybody else has gone. And so they're then going to take on this other viewpoint of you with the fact that you really know what you're talking about. And you're not here just to serve that question. You're here to really understand them and their business to make sure that you are helping them more than anybody else out there is going to do. And so when we ask those better questions at the beginning of that discovery meeting, we make it about them. We want to utilize that two ears, one mouth scenario, which is we want to listen way more than we want to be talking. And so in that discovery phase, it should just be you guiding that conversation, asking awesome questions, probing, qualifying, clarifying, and taking the conversation in a direction or a journey that you need to go in so that you can understand exactly where they are, exactly what they need from you, and understand anything that's maybe in your way. And when we know what's in our way, we can manage our own expectations, we can manage the process better, and we therefore know, do we have a chance with this? Are we in the running for this opportunity? And that's really important when we're looking at pipeline and when we're looking at forecasting, because the whole thing around building a sustainable sales function in your business is that it should support you throughout your whole process, pipeline, planning, targeting, goal setting, so that you know where you're at for the year. Whenever you're speaking to somebody, you know where this is fitting. Is it a now opportunity? Is it a six month opportunity? Is it an 18 month opportunity? And that's also okay. But we need to understand that because we need to manage our expectations as the business owner or as the salesperson. And we need to manage that as part of our pipeline for the next month, quarter, half of year, year, etc. So on and so forth. And so never leaving a meeting without a call confirming what's happened next is because we know so much more about them. So when we qualify effectively, we know what needs to happen next. We know whether they need something from us or whether we need something from them. We know what the decision-making process is going to be because we asked about that. So at the end, we clarify and confirm where we're at. We cover off anything, where, you know, whether you've proposed something or whether we need to do a demonstration or whether there's a second meeting following up. 
When does that need to happen? When are you hoping to have that conversation with somebody in their business? When would you like me to follow up? When would you like to give me a call by? When are you expecting to make a decision on this? You're able to ask those questions at the end of the meeting so that when it comes down to Thursday at 12 o'clock and you've not heard from them, you know that you need to prompt and follow up with them. If you know that by Friday they're making a decision and you've agreed to call them on Monday lunchtime, try and get a confirmed time with them. Even set up a diary invite. You can get really specific with that because they've asked you to call them on Monday. You've asked them what time will suit. They've said around lunchtime. You've suggested 12.30 and you've sent them through an invite for a 20 minute catch up. It's in their diary, they're expecting your call. Even if you don't want to put it in their diary, they have verbally committed, studies and and research has shown that that builds a more consistent journey and you get the response. People will answer their call when you call them at the time that they agreed. So when we are leaving that meeting without confirming and we're trying them on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday because we didn't know what they needed from us next, it feels pushy, it feels annoying, but we also don't know where they're at in their week. We don't know whether they're a good day for us to follow up. Is it Monday at 11 because they're driving from the office to pick up their child from daycare, for example? We want to understand where it is that they are at so that we can support them in a different way. And so we've got those two pieces. We know about our discovery phase. We know what it is that we should be doing differently. We know that we need to determine the next steps to have a more successful follow-up, but also know that a ghosted opportunity isn't dead forever. A ghosted opportunity is something that hasn't aligned. Generally, people ghost because they don't believe that they have joined or they haven't been able to join the dots between what it is that you offer and what it is that they need. And that's okay because we're not going to win them all. But a ghost opportunity isn't dead forever because it's a no right now. It's not a no forever. And so at that opportunity, we want to keep nurturing. So if we haven't followed up and we know there's an opportunity there, I want you to follow up. If you've got that that company or that opportunity in your head, I want you to follow up with them after you've listened to this podcast because they are going to be there ready and waiting for you and at least get an answer. Also know that when you do a follow-up via call, you're going to get a quicker response than if you send an email. Okay, so if you want to get straight to the point, is it a no? Because time kills sales, we all know that. But we want to get to that no if it is a no. And if it's a yes or a maybe, or maybe you're not quite right now, then cool, let us know. Let me be able to manage that as part of your process. And so keep in touch with them, keep nurturing them, and you will eventually have something that really hits with them, or they will be in so much pain in terms of what it is that that they need solving or what problem they need to get out of, that you will then be there when the time feels totally right for them. And so by nurturing and by checking in and by connecting and sharing meaningful updates with them, you'll be able to stay front of mind for when that time hits. And I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago that, you know, whether that opportunity is now or whether it's six months or whether it's 18 months. And the reason why I say 18 months is because I've had clients close with me after 18 months, two years of communication. And that comes from the fact that when I first spoke to them, they weren't quite ready to get out of that pain. And that's okay. I wasn't quite ready for them. They weren't quite ready for me. We're all good. We've kept in touch. I've shared information that has supported them throughout our 18-month, two-year relationship journey. And meaningful content, meaningful connection, meaning I saw this and thought of you. Or I read this book and thought you might find it really interesting. Or we've just finished this with a client and they wrote an awesome case study and I thought this may be relevant for your future planning for, insert something specific here. 
And so when we do that, we're staying front of mind because we're not just there to be like, hey, you ready yet? Hey, you ready yet? Do you wanna buy from me? You ready to buy this? That's not what we're there for. We're there to educate, we're there to serve and support. And when the time is right, you will be front of mind because you've been there throughout it all. And again, if even if it's somebody that they are working with already and they may be considering swapping out, it could just be that they haven't dropped the ball yet or they haven't dropped the big enough ball yet. And so when you're there, they then come around the other side and say, oh, this has happened. We really need to work with somebody else or consider another opportunity or another direction. And guess what? You're going to be front of mind for doing that. So the nurture component and that check-in is really important. And whether you're just doing that once every three months still makes it a meaningful connection. And so with the ghosting scenarios, I thought it might be worthwhile just sharing a recent potential ghosting opportunity that I that I experienced and this was only a few months ago and I had had a had a conversation with a with a with an introductory lead we had spoken about what it was that they wanted and proposed we'd gone as far as locking in the date and time and what we were going to be doing the following week they needed something rather urgently and so I sent through all the information, we had the conversation, sent it all through, confirmed what it was that we needed to do in the meantime, which was for them to complete an onboarding questionnaire and to click terms and conditions. And so at that point, I sent all that through and never heard anything back. And so I check in, I've sent the diary invite, I've locked it in, it's all moving forward because that's what we've agreed over the call. So a few days go by and I try and call him, no answer. I send him a follow-up email. Hey, did you get the information? Is everything, you know, is everything, does everything look right? Is everything based on our conversation as it needs to be? Let me know if you need anything further and I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. And so still nothing. So it gets to the Friday. And so I send an email with the subject line, change your mind, question mark. And so I sent an email, which was very to the point, but also very friendly and an opportunity to get out because I never want anybody to feel that they are tied in if they've changed their mind. And I, and I want you to really take that on board for your business, for your offerings and opportunities, is that if they change their mind, that's okay. We just need to understand why. And then we can learn from that for our future opportunities. And so in this email of changed your mind, I went through and just said, hey, I haven't heard from you. During our conversation, we confirmed next steps, which would be X, Y, and Z. We were solving problem, which was X, Y, and Z. So again, recapping on those pain points and what it was that we were going to be doing together. I then confirmed that we've got the date and time locked in for the following week as per their request. So again, it was a short turnaround and that was what they wanted. I said, if you've changed your mind, that's okay. But if you could just let me know either way, that would be much appreciated. Thanks. I got a reply straight away. Okay, and what had happened was something else had come up. He'd been accepted into a slightly different program, which was more for that funding and startup phase, which was going to take him across the next eight weeks. He replied and apologized. He'd been away. He'd been in different meetings. He said, can we pause this? I absolutely want to do it. But can we do it once I finish this program? And I said, absolutely, we can. And I will check in with you on this date. How does that sound? He came back, said, yes, that's great. So again, the example from there is this isn't a success story in terms of everything has to win. It's a success story in the fact that I was able to get my opportunity, my ideal client to say, now isn't quite the right time and here's why, so that I can understand. I then got confirmation of how I was going to follow up with him in six to eight weeks time and what we were going to do at that point. 
I've now signed off and left him to it. I know what he's doing in the interim. So if I want to check in in a meaningful way, I know what he's doing. So I can go back in and say, how are you getting on with insert activity? Would love an update on on how that's going for you, on how that's supporting you in your business. Happy to chat to you in more detail and we can discuss next steps for the audit, which is what I was going to be doing for him. And so again, I'm sharing that example that it doesn't always have to be win, 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 win. It just has to be nurture. It has to be opportunity. We have to understand where we sit with that potential client because when we don't know, it's on our plate every single day. And so I mentioned before about time is a killer of sales. We want to get to know as quickly as possible. And again, that doesn't mean we just want to rush through it and say, hey, can you just tell me yes or no? Because I want to know now if it's a no. We're not doing it in that way because the client doesn't want to feel like we're trying to get to the no. The client wants to feel heard and supported and understood. And that's what we do in discovery phase. The next steps allows us both to determine what's happening next and where we feel this may fit within the next weeks, months, years, for example. And then we can then manage our expectations, their expectations, and fulfill the needs of our pipeline or moving towards a specific target. And so all of that supports the client and your business and awareness because the goal of sales is to build a sustainable sales function within your business. And when we can do that, you can overcome any challenge, any problem within your business. You can sell to any opportunity because you know where you stand. You'll have a much more successful week, a month and year when you can start to really nail down what it is that you're doing within each of those opportunities and know where your follow-up comes from. Now, I will be doing another episode where I talk about my follow-ups because I love a follow-up Friday. It's the day that myself and my clients do all of our follow-ups and there's a lot more in that to unpack. So I will be doing another episode on follow-ups because the follow-up piece with determining next steps is also where that will sit. But we've been through today about why you're getting ghosted, about how you can overcome that with a discovery phase and going deeper in your discovery phase, and about confirming next steps after you get off every call or out of every meeting with any new opportunities. The same thing can be applied within your existing clients. If you're growing your existing clients with other products or services, the same thing applies. Okay, determine next steps. How would you like me to follow up? What would you like to see from me next? Okay, so never leave a meeting without determining and get really clear on your discovery phase. Go back through, listen to some of those open question opportunities. Make notes on how you can do more in your discovery phase. And often discovery phases are better created from your objections. So if you know why you've lost, or maybe you didn't know why you lost a deal, but if you go back through now and look at a lost opportunity or a ghosted opportunity, what didn't you understand about them that maybe would have left them to believe that you aren't the right person for them? Okay, so why discovery is important in sales? Because we need to use it throughout the whole process from start to finish and if we don't do a good enough job at discovery it's really hard to come back and do that later on in your sales cycle okay so apply that in give it a go let me know how you get on i absolutely love hearing success stories and challenges and i can give you some other ways so make sure you're following me over harriet sales coach on instagram or search for me on linkedin under harriet meller i look forward to hearing your success have a wonderful week of selling